This is the ATM at the Minute Podcast, episode 102. I'm Peter Mitchell here with Jackson Stover, and the Hoop Historian is back. Jack Urban is in here to chop it up and break down the NCAA tournament. We're happy to have you, my brother. Yes, sir. Happy to be back, boys. Let's get it. All right. Before we get into it with Jerb, just a reminder. Peter and I are hosting a $10 bracket pool, two entry limit. All you got to do is Venmo one of us to hit us up for the link to join and uh, brackets lock Friday morning. So just have your bracket ready to go. Be paid up by then. 80% goes to first place winner. 20% goes to second place. It's looking like we're going to have over 100 people in the pool. Who knows? Maybe we get two or 300. We get a nice big old pot for the winner. Don't want to set unrealistic cool. expectations, <laughs> but hey, anything's possible. Uh, let's get to it. I think that covers it. All right, Jack, we got you on here because we know you love the, the game of college hoops. And we're going to start it off with the West region. So I'm just going to kick it to you. What game draws your eye the most here? Let's let's start with that. What are you most intrigued by? First off, boys, happy holidays. This is this is my favorite time of the year. I'm gonna take Friday off and I'm gonna take Monday off. <laughs> Respect. Um, you know the West. The West is murderers row, man. I think. Uh, I think with any you know Gonzaga in there, any team should be scared. Um. Don't know, don't know what KU is going to do this year, and uh, I would say the game I'm probably most excited for first round is honestly the playing game Wichita State Drake. I'm a little biased because from Wichita, that's a classic, you know, Missouri Valley matchup. So I'm really excited for that. Um, other than that, I'd say Oregon VCU that seven ten game. We'll see how uh, Oregon can handle VCU's pace. What are you guys thinking? Uh, before I get too much into it here, I'm curious. I got to ask you about Wichita State. I haven't seen them play hardly at all this season. I know they've achieved or overachieved by most expectations going into the year. Let's assume that they win this first playing game versus Drake. They get USC in the round of 64. What are the chances that they actually pull off the upset? Because I know USC's got Evan Mobley. He's a big-name draft prospect. I think a lot of people are going to assume Wichita State doesn't really have much of a chance here. So what's your take on that? Absolutely. Um, Evan Mobley's a stud, and I, I would obviously favor USC in that matchup. But I'm not going to rule the Shockers out because of one thing, uh, and that is Tyson Etienne. Remember his name? He was the co-American Conference Player of the Year along with Quentin Grimes, average 17 and a half per game. Quentin Grimes, okay. Yeah. Hey, we'll get we'll get on to him later. Uh, <laughs> pause. Um, but... No, the Shockers. The Shockers can do it if 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 Etienne shows up and um, he hits big shots, and they need their boys Morris Udesi and Trey Wade to rebound. Dexter Dennis to play defense. They're a really really gritty team for a really gritty coach who's earned every right to be where he is, and that team's earned every right to be where they where they are. Um, so they have a chance, but but I'll just go ahead and give my pick there. I'm rocking with USC no matter what. All right, that's pretty telling then. That's all I needed to know. If you had the Shockers, I was going to consider it, but I had USC penciled in prior. I think I'm going to go ahead and put that in ink now. I like that. All right, I got to jump in because you mentioned the Oregon-VCU matchup, and I think that Oregon was grossly underseeded this year. I think they are the best team in the Pac-12, and 
Hot take. I got them over Iowa in the second round. Get out of here, Rothstein. No way. Iowa's way too good for that. The Pac-12 is, I mean, they haven't even hardly played anybody. All right. I'll tell you what. I think they're a really good team. Chris Duarte has flown up draft boards this year. He's going to be a first-rounder. They're a really balanced scoring team. Who did they get bounced by in the Pac-12 tournament? It doesn't matter. They they wasn't it pretty or- early? It was, it was Oregon State in the finals. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. It was in the no. finals. Okay. So, I was thinking so it was I, the semis. I agree with you, Pete. Um, I do think they're underseeded. You know, they, they've had a really good year, and they've battled through injuries. They're just getting their point guard, Will Richardson, back, who's a big addition they're 11 and, to the team. They're 11, 11 and 3 with him. him. Exactly. Right. Right, so a, a seven seems pretty high, and I definitely haven't uh, beaten VCU, but I think them taking down the Hawkeyes is a little ambitious. I just, like, I don't think Iowa's as good as a lot of people think. Garza is limited athletically. Oregon has the big guy, Dante, down there. That's going to be a tough matchup for Garza. And like I said, Oregon has five guys putting up double-digit points a game and i was just flat out a bad defensive team so i think it's going to present matchup problems for them and i think they're going to go on and i'll save my ku spiel for a little bit later i don't get this man everyone is so down on iowa right now and i know that they couldn't handle illinois but Iowa is definitely one of the best teams in the big 10 and the big 10 is apparently by the committee standards by far the best basketball conference so why is everyone so down on them? Because I've watched them play enough. I know Luca Garza is kind of limited athletically. People say it looks like he's playing in quicksand, but you know who else <laughs> does? Jokic. Jokic is limited athletically and looks like he's playing in quicksand. Now, I know Garza's not that Are you caliber calling player, Garza Jokic right now? A college version. Runner? A college version, yeah. He's a Wooden Award front runner, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Like, this yeah. team is not as bad as everyone thinks they are. Jordan Bohannon, a lot of those guys, they have veteran guards that can knock down big shots. And I think when you shoot it as well as they do and you got the three ball, you're in every single game. Jackson, I'm not just trying to follow everything you say here, but I completely agree. I love Iowa. I, I'm Thank not deterred, deterred by them at all. You know, the Big Ten was hard. They've got a player in the year type player in Luca Garza, and then they've got four veteran guards around him. You have to beat Iowa. Right. You know, they, they're not going to... They won't beat themselves. They won't beat themselves. They're going to come out, and if they don't hit shots, you have to beat them. They're going to do everything right. They play basketball the right way. C.J. Fredericks underrated the McCaffrey bros. I wish they weren't good, but they're good. I, <laughs> I want to not like them, but I like them. And then, like you said, Bohannon's a stud. And Wieskamp. Wieskamp's yeah. their second best player. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm going to go ahead and assume you guys uh, picked Gonzaga all the way through this bracket. But who who yes. of this bottom half do you have playing them in the Elite I've eight? got Iowa. In every Iowa. bracket, I've Both got of Iowa. You have I, Iowa. I, have, I don't see a world where Iowa doesn't get there. Like, I almost considered I'm in a couple different pools. I like them enough that I almost picked them over Gonzaga in a pool just wow. because I don't think anyone will pick that. And there's actually maybe a 20, 30, 40% chance they get Gonzaga if they see them in the Elite Eight. That's a huge differentiator. I've thought about that when making my pools because, you know, those Final Four, the National Championship game, those points are so heavy. 
Right. If, if, if Gonzaga loses, that that will kill anyone who has him, you know, to, to the finals. Exactly. With- and there's going to be 50%, 60, 70% of the brackets that have Gonzaga in that slot. So if right. you pick them there, you're not gaining anything. You're just treading water and got to hope your other three regions are better than everyone else. Right, right. Uh, completely agree. And I agree with, with you again, Jackson. I've, I've got Iowa there. No brainer. Um, Dope. I have Gonzaga, you know, taking them down, but but I've got Iowa there, no brainer. Do we do we want to talk any upsets in this in this uh, region before we move on? Because I've got a few. Yeah. I was gonna say yes, but I'm curious, Peter. Who do you have playing Gonzaga? Do you have Oregon getting that far? I got Oregon. You think this all- is gonna be another Oregon Ducks tournament run? Dana Alvin has a good track record. They're a good team. I crunched some numbers last night and looked at all tournament right. history. The best teams to pick are top 20 in both offensive and defensive efficiency, according to Kim Palm, and Oregon checked out pretty well in both of those. All right, that's fair, but I'm just going to say they played majority conference games in the Pac-12 was kind of doo-doo, so I'm like... Right, does but that weigh I, in to I think anything there? Every year we always hear the Big 12's one of the best teams in the country, and then we get six, seven, eight teams in, and no one really does anything. So I think you can kind of throw some of that out. I think it all think depends this is a different on year. We'll see, but I do want to talk about USC versus Kansas as a potential second round matchup and USC's sure. path because I think Mobley could terrorize David McCormick terrorize Luca Garza and you know if they were to somehow make it to that game against Gonzaga how would he fare against Drew Timmy I think that'd be something to watch Peter you know me you know I'm rock chalk till I die and there I'm the eternal KU optimist um with or without Jalen Wilson with or without David McCormick I don't see us winning this game what I, I don't um, I don't because of Evan Mobley because of what you just said, Pete. We don't have anyone that can guard him. He's wow. such an X factor. We have to be red hot from the three, in my opinion, for us to beat USC. Ochai, I disagree with y'all. I here, don't think Mobley is that. Let's shout out our good. guy right here. Zeb Mallon gave us the mailbag question: What yeah. is what is Kansas's ceiling without Jalen Wilson? As far as we know, uh, he'll maybe only miss one game. But let's go ahead and assume he misses the second as well. Jackson, take it away. Man, I like Kansas. Even if they have players missing, I know USC has Mobley, but they lost seven games in the Pac-12 this year. And a lot of these games, they should have won. And many of them, they did not win because Mobley just didn't show up. He only has 11 points or 14 points, and he never really has the dominant big man, I'm going to make an impact on this game presence like Luca Garza does. And I think that's one of the big differences between a team like Iowa and a team like USC. Yeah, but you got to score points to win. And USC, sometimes they just come out flat and Mobley doesn't impress me. There's eight to 10 minute stretches where you don't even notice he's on the floor sometimes. And I know he can get hot and he does do a lot defensively, but he just doesn't strike me as someone that you can expect to come out and be a reason why you won the game every single time. Like I, I really do think there's like, you know, a thirty percent, forty percent chance that you're gonna look back on a game that USC played and be like, "Wow, Mobley's the reason they won." Like I just watched enough of them and came away unimpressed with him enough to not be that confident in their tournament chances. 
Jackson, I'm not going to praise, you know, Mobley like crazy. It's a personnel issue for KU. It, it, he's our worst enemy because of his size and what he does. You know, we can match yeah. up with the guard because with IO, because right. we have Marcus Garrett or we could, you know, whatever yeah, guard Ochai. on the planet or Ochai, yeah. right? If you get Dave McCormick guarding a guy who can step out on the perimeter, uh, we're screwed. Oh, God. I mean, it's as simple as that. They're going to get to the bucket every time off, you know, off the dribble, um, whether it be Mobley or someone else just with Dave's presence not in the lane. I've just been down on this team and and I'm ready for my I'm ready for them to make me feel a lot better and beat USC. But for brackets sake, I'm just not I have picked KU to win the championship like every year besides the last two years. Okay, what about? What about the Texas win? I know one game y'all got smoked, but correct me if I'm wrong. First game you get smoked. Second game y'all bounce back and get the W. Texas, I would argue, has a more talented front court with Sims, Greg Brown, and Kai Jones than USC does. They definitely do, um, collectively. I agree. Jalen Wilson, I'm assuming he's not going to be there. I I just don't see that happening. He's our leading rebounder. He's the only one, in my opinion, that can match up with a guy who can step out like that, that's not Dave. You know, Enarun yep. doesn't have it. Tyon Grant Foster hasn't had the minutes to go into an NCAA tournament game and give us some real stuff. And other than that, it's Bryson DeWan, and they're too small. Mitch can't do it. I mean, I love all those guys. I wish they could. Yeah. I'm sorry. But but it's just, it's a, it, without Jalen, it, it's a real matchup issue for, for us, in my opinion. I'm okay. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to take y'all's word for it. You've watched them play more than me. I've watched a lot of Big 12 basketball, obviously not watched KU like y'all do, though. So I guess I need to reconsider KU because I had them as a firm Sweet 16 we, team. Like, felt pretty darn good about one it. One last thing. We don't have a good lead guard. Off, like, we don't have a good lead shot creator. Let me rephrase that. Marcus is a good player. And the other reason why I like USC – they're number two in the nation in opposed in opponents two point field goal percentage at forty two point two percent, and they don't foul. So KU would absolutely have to shoot lights out from downtown to get past this team, especially with the limited front court. I just don't like it. Uh, Jerb, who's your big upset pick in here? I've got well, uh, I've got UCSB and Ohio uh, both moving on. So I've got the 12-5 and the 13-4 upset, both of them in this bracket. Um, we'll touch on UCSB real quick because they do have a player, Ajari Sani, who's uh, questionable right now. If he if he's ruled out, I'm going to roll with Creighton, just getting that out there because he's their okay, leading scorer. It's a big deal. Um, but other than info. that, they went 22-4 and four this year. Really good team. They have a player named Ja'Cory McLaughlin, average 16 and a half. Um, and five assists a game. I mean, really, really good player um, in a decent conference. And then Ohio. I don't know if you guys remember this story. Jason I'm on Preston. Board. I, got, I got Ohio to the Sweet 16. No, no. So, so Jason Preston, um, a senior, his senior year of high school, averaged two points a game. What? Um, was, uh, was like the 10th man at his high school, enrolled in the University of Central Florida. His mom had just passed away from cancer. His dad was never in the picture. And then he had a buddy just say, hey, will you join my AAU team? He played AAU for the summer heading into his college year where he was just going to be a student. And a a coach advised him to go to prep school. 
So he went to a prep school in Tennessee. Then one of his teammates tweeted a video of his highlights. It caught caught eye of the Ohio coach. He got a scholarship offer. One of his his only two offers. And now he's averaging as a, as a junior, 16 and a half, seven and seven. What? Six foot five guard. Has the same haircut as LaMelo, plays like LaMelo. <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious. I know. He, it, and I might have just picked him, picked them because I want it for him, but I love his story. And I think that Virginia, with the COVID issues, there's a lot of question marks there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like an upset there. And, and Creighton, you know, talk about it, question marks after Coach McDermott's comments. They just get, get their butt kicked in the, uh, Big East tournament. I mean, they're as shaky as can be. I love this. Just feels like a karma upset, you know, like head coach makes questionable remarks to media in and out, you know, of stuff with the team missed a game or two in there. You know, they just seem like they fit the bill for a 12, five upset here. And a lot of people, have come in hot on UC Santa Barbara. I wish we could say that we're all being, you know, pioneers and original at this one. I'm unfortunately have been hearing people all over the place say they're taking this too, but I think this is probably the best value at 12-5 you can get. And Creighton did not look good in their conference tournament. And I just think UC Santa Barbara is going to get the dub. What did uh, what Big Cat say on PMT? Didn't he say... How can you look good, Creighton, after your coach drops the P bomb? Like <laughs> yeah. you just, you just, you know, come on, man. Not chill at all. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you on Ohio. They're 29th in the nation in offensive efficiency. Preston dropped 31, six and eight in a two point loss at Illinois this season. So clearly, he can That's bring it impressive. against the best of the best. And I mean, he was getting Coburn switched on him and doing wonders so he was working those boys that was like a 25 point spread and they lost by two yeah i'm with you on ohio okay okay i like virginia just because tony bennett and i feel like after they got upset a few years ago in round one they're gonna have just like this extra intensity coming into this first game and not take it lightly at all because they know what happened and they want to make sure that they're not one of the biggest upsets in the round of 64 again but they have had the COVID issues and the S or excuse me, the ACC is not what it has been in prior years. So yeah, this fits the build for another upset. Also, I I think I'm still going to roll with Virginia, but uh, I might have to watch a little Ohio film and consider changing that up. Should we go to the East? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, Jackson, you take this one. Most intriguing matchup on the slate here. I think the most intriguing matchup is going to be the winner of Michigan State and UCLA against BYU. That 11-6 game has a little really? upset uh, upset potential to me. Yeah, I think UCLA is more than likely going to win that game, and I think they give BYU some trouble. I don't know. I mean, it's Tom Izzo and Michigan State, so they could very well come out of there too. But, yeah, I'm looking at that one because I think uh, we could be in for a little upset. We got all this juice, and y'all come out with first four games in both regions. Dang, hey, man, we're excited that. for Thursday night, man. I what catches you your eye in this one, Peter? Like, is Alabama-Iona more enticing to you? No, I think I'm most intrigued by this LSU versus the Fighting Woges 8-9 matchup here. LSU just got hot in the SEC tourney. Lost yeah, a nail biter. I don't know if you guys saw the end of that game. Yes. 
wild herb jones big finish Trenton watford takes a kind of ill-advised three for the win they almost win on a tip that was crazy and i've seen people say they might take lsu over michigan in the second round because michigan is playing uh yeah i oh. may or may not Let's have see. that in a couple yeah. of brackets i, I have know. it in my bracket too Wow. God damn. Okay. I hate you both. I hate you both so much. I wanted to be the genius that walked in here and said, LSU is so hot. They're going to sneak past Michigan in the second round. They're the undervalued at an eight seed. If a team's going to do – if I, it's my of my belief that it's March Madness, right? A, a one seed, a two seed, is something crazy is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Some team is going to lo- lose in the first round. This is the best matchup I see is LSU taking down Michigan – this whole East bracket, I've been laboring over it all day, boys. It has been <laughs> killing me, and I'm looking down at my bracket now, and it is absolute pandemonium what I've got going on in the East. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, with that being said, my favorite first first round matchup to watch, Pete, and this might come as a surprise, is actually Florida State versus North Carolina Greensboro. Okay. Now I've got Florida State pulling it out, but. Gotta watch Isaiah Miller from UNC Greensboro. He came and played at KU last year. He's a senior this year. He's averaging 19 and a half, seven and four. Really, really good mm-hmm. guard. Greensboro quick, uh, plays a really quick pace. Florida State is known for turnovers. It could be upset alert. I think Florida State will pull that one out, but I'm excited to watch that 13 4 matchup. I actually have Florida State going pretty deep. I do as well. To the elite. I like eight. their path. I think this region is the weakest, in my opinion. I think Michigan's the weakest one seed. I think Alabama's a decent two seed, and I do like Texas a lot as the three, but everyone else I don't really love. And I think Florida State is going to come out of the upper part of that region, and I got them facing Texas in the Elite Eight. Okay, so I'm against you boys there. I've actually got Colorado taking down Florida State in the second round. And here's really? why. Here's why. They're well coached. They're a senior laden team. Their point guard's McKinley Wright the fourth. He was an all yeah. pack twelve player, averaged fifteen, five and five. Um, they have two big guys, Jariah Horn from Kansas City, Missouri. And shout uh out. E- e- shout out. And Evan Batty. Both big guys that know their role. Then they have a bunch of swing players, and they are the second uh, best free throw shooting team in the country, and that tells wow. me that they win close games. Yeah, so that comes. I've in actually, there. I've actually got Colorado in my elite eight. I've got Colorado beating Florida State and LSU, um, and facing Bama in my elite eight. And this is what killed me is because I love James Booknight from UConn. Yeah, I got, wanted to I've, get him in there. I've got them beating Maryland easy, and I was really, really worried that that they were going to beat Bama in my first bracket of the day. I picked UConn over Bama, but I love what Bama has. Mm-hmm. Um, they play at such a pace. They've got JQ. They've got uh, Herb Jones, the SC, all-SEC you know, player of the year, mm-hmm. and, and John Petty. I mean, they've got guards for days, and they play so fast. Nate Oates is such an intense coach. I just think they just – they seem like a team where – they can really run you down, tire you down, wear you out, and and just beat you. And we saw it in the SEC tournament. They yep. went wire to wire against good teams three straight days and found a way. And I just like Bama. Originally, I had Texas coming out, 
but but I switched my switched my mind, and I'm I'm all on the Bama train right now. Maybe it's because JT won the players. I'm not sure. Coming <laughs> off of that, you got I've got a lot of emotions flowing, but I'm I'm rolling with the tide. Man, interesting. Yeah, I was like you. You see that seven-two matchup, and just naturally, you know, UConn's one of those teams that. They're going to be, you know, you knew they're they're going to be a high seed, but they're one that you like to maybe be the Cinderella story, especially with Book Knight and some of the other guys that they have. They just seem like they're built for a potential tournament run, but them having to beat Bama and then potentially having to beat Texas after that, I just talk myself out of it more and more, and I don't think there's any way that they do get to the Elite Eight, and so I decided it was probably safer just to pick Bama over them and then have Bama and Texas go head-to-head. And I think Texas gets it done, but just in case Bama were to come out of that region, I felt like not picking the UConn upset was just a little bit safer to ensure I at least get one more Bama game if they do come out. And I really wanted to, Jackson. You have no idea. I wanted UConn so bad, but I was like, can can UConn do this again, right, where they're like a 5-8 through eight seed and they just make a miracle run because of one yeah. stud? I just can't see it happening for a third time. I'm with you. I could, like, I, I could hypothetically see it just realistically. Like, I, I can't even, I don't feel good enough about it to make myself pick it in a bracket worth $10. So that tells you about where I'm at. Understand. My sweet 16, I got LSU, Florida State, Florida State advancing, Texas, and Alabama. Alabama advancing and I got Alabama Ooh. going to the final four. I'm riding the really? I am riding the hotness of that team. They just ran through that SEC tournament and I, they look totally bought in. Everyone seems to love Nate Oates. They're all playing well. Herb Jones is coming on. I'm rocking with them. I didn't even mention when I spoke of them earlier, Jaden Shacklefield, who's their leading scorer, averaging 15 a game. I mean, they've got four guys that are all all that are all for all SEC caliber players and they just run and gun. I I, I love them. I, I do want to hear your guys' thoughts on Texas because I just couldn't pull the trigger on them. I, I wanted to because they're they're they've got senior guards that are steady. Their front court is as good as anyone in the country, but I, it's I just the best I'm not so I'm not sold on them. See, I, I, I am I am. Now, I'm not necessarily as sold on Kai Jones and Greg Brown as NBA scouts are, but Jericho Sims and his development and even improvement just this season and what he showed in the Big 12 tournament, I mean, he's the reason that Oklahoma State, us, we couldn't get it done against them. I mean, him and Matt Coleman came to play. And I think when you get two seniors that are peaking at the end of their career like they are right now, that have all this experience, they're going to be tough to take down in the tournament. And Coleman is really good, and so is Andrew Jones. When you got two veteran guards that are steady like them, and then you throw in three crazy athletic and huge, just talented bigs in Greg Brown, uh, Kai Jones, and Jericho Sims, that's a tough recipe because a lot of teams, you might have one or two dominant bigs, but they're going to get in foul trouble, at least one of these tournament games. And with Texas, they don't have to worry about that. You know, if Jericho Sims gets in foul trouble, fine, just play Greg, play Greg Brown more. You know, if Kai Jones gets in foul trouble like he did against OSU, just lean a little bit more on Sims, run the offense through him. And I mean, he's going to produce. Those bigs are legit. And it's Shaka Smart. You know, it's just got that March Magic feeling to them. They just ran the table in the Big 12 tournament. Not now, really. I know they got... They, got, <laughs> they uh, ran through the toughest there, team in the field. COVID. They, 
Oh, okay. I was going to say, uh, you're referring to OSU, but I mean, I think they were going to get it done over KU and I mean, they looked really freaking good against OSU and OSU has been hot. I mean, arguably as good as anyone. Yeah. Jackson, I'm, I'm completely sold on the idea of Texas. It's just like, it's a heart and gut type thing. No, that's I've fair. Se- I've seen Shaka smart and Texas be so underwhelming for so long that I just, yeah. I can't, for me to even pick him to the Sweet 16. He has hair now, though. I mean, does that not True. change the vibe a little that, bit? That could change That could change everything for all of I think it does. I look at him and I see a winner now. He looks younger. Shout out to all the bald people out there, though. He's, Jackson's <laughs> I, not hating on all y'all. I'm not at all. It's just quite the transformation. You know, you usually don't see people go bald and then a full head of hair. Like, it's just quite the comeback. You know, I just assumed he was actually bald. He was just shaving he, it, I guess. Like the look. He and Nick Wright are just trying to be long lost brothers, is what's going on. Yo. Because <laughs> hey, my that's, a different, that's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go over to the South where we have Baylor as the one seed, one of the best teams all season long. I heard some people say that Gonzaga has the easiest region, and I've heard others say Baylor does. Where do you guys where do you guys fall on that? You think Baylor has an easy path to the final four here? Yeah, I think Baylor's path is easier just because Ohio State doesn't scare me as much as Iowa does. I agree with Jackson, especially considering from my vantage point, I've got UCSB and Ohio, one of them being Gonzaga's sweet sixteen matchup. I yeah, I think Baylor's gonna roll right through this region. I'm I'm not the biggest uh, Purdue aficionado. Matt Painter seems to get there, get a top four seed every year lately, but I'm not sold on them giving Baylor too much trouble. And when I look at the bottom half, I don't even know where we to We think begin. Purdue's going to get there? I, mean, I could see Purdue getting upset round one. I could see this being really? one of those people look at North Texas's record and they think, ah, 17 and nine, bad conference. They're going to get smoked. And I know Matt Painter's there, and Purdue always seems to be around, but I don't think this Purdue team is anywhere close to as talented as the last few we've seen, at least over the recent years. And I haven't picked North Texas in all my brackets to upset them, but in my main, main gut bracket that I've got sitting in front of me, I've got North Texas over Purdue, and I've got Winthrop over Villanova. And so, like Jerb had kind of said in his Gonzaga region, he thinks that, you know, one seed Zags are going to end up facing a 12 or 13 in the Sweet 16. I've got that in the South here. I feel you there, Jackson, and I have Winthrop as well. I think they're a really solid team. I mean, 23 and and 1, that's that's tough to do any conference. And Nova just loot, you know, just lost their senior point guard for the year. So so that's a that's a just a shot in the in the gut right there um that's yeah, tough to that, recover that's got to be a, a trendy 12-5 upset also like i bet that's yeah. picked in 50 of brackets yeah i would assume and i thought about north texas a lot i'm not gonna lie but um travion williams i think is just gonna be too much for purdue he has been averaging 16 and 8 this year he's a big boy he gets it done my first brackets this morning, I had Winthrop beating Purdue, but I've actually changed my mind because of Trevion Williams, and I've got Purdue making it to the Sweet 16. I think Stefanovic is going to shoot well from the perimeter, um, and I think they end up matching up with Baylor. But, I mean, you want to compare Baylor and Gonzaga 
potential second round matchups. I've got North Carolina beating Wisconsin. I mean, I I'd rather play I'd rather play Oklahoma than North Carolina by a thousand the way the Hills Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that much. I think North Carolina figured it out at the end of the season, and they very well could have won the ACC tournament. Absolutely. Their bigs, Baycott and Sharp, are are coming into form. Garrison Brooks is actually regressing a bit, in my opinion. Yeah, I think he's steady, though. You can count on him. They can mix in. And Walker Kessler, the freshman, they've got four seven-footers that they can put in at any time. And then finally, the shooting of uh, Kerwin Kerwin Walker. Walton, Kerwin Walton. Yep. He, he, they, that's what they desperately needed um, because Leaky Black wasn't providing that. And I'll, he's playing a lot yeah. better. But adding Walton in there, he's been hitting threes, spreading the floor for them. So those bigs have a little more space to work with. Carolina's dangerous um, to me if I'm Baylor. Yeah, I agree with that. But I think the thing with Carolina is it's going to come down to their guard play and that's definitely not their strength and Baylor's backcourt's just going to give them fits man Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler are gonna absolutely tear them to shreds I think and I just look at what they did to Cade when he was handling the ball and how uncomfortable he looked at times and some of the sloppy mistakes they forced him into making and I just can't imagine that the guards in North Carolina who have been kind of shaky so far this year can weather that storm and play nearly a perfect game because it feels like that's what you have to put together to beat Baylor this year. We'll see. But I definitely like him over Wisconsin. I think they steamroll Wisconsin. I do too. I felt really good about Baylor until you just made that case for North Carolina there. I'm not going to lie to you. But I'm I'm really intrigued by the bottom half of the region here. You got Texas Tech, Utah State, round yeah. one. Utah State's got Nemius Keita putting up 15 and 10. This dude's 7 feet, 245. Absolute bruiser. Sheesh. And then you have Tech. Santos Silva will eat him for lunch. That dude won't have he's, a problem with he's him. He's thick, but he doesn't have that kind of height. But then, Dude, he's a tank. He, he's going to just bully that 7-2 guy. It's going to be an ugly physical game. McClung's going to put on a Fletcher McGee performance. But I don't want to count out Chris Beard who got to the national title game just a couple years ago. I flip-flopped on this one a little bit. I'm taking Tech, and then the 314 matchup is a very trendy upset pick. Yeah, Arkansas. a lot and, of people are high on Colgate. Arkansas and Colgate. Now, I've, I had Colgate originally, but I'm riding with the must-bus all the way to the Sweet 16 now. I love Arkansas. Okay. Yeah, I, I too. I, I and I respect Colgate and what they've done, but I and I think that game might there might be 250 points scored. Um, they're just going to be running down, back and forth, back and forth. But I've actually got Arkansas um, beating Colgate, Tech, and Ohio State all the way to the Elite Eight. Okay. I'm completely running with the must bust. I think they're well coached. I think they've got a star in Moses Moody. Yep. And I, th- I think they star. just it, it's it, it, <laughs> you guys wish. <laughs> it's it's kind of it's the same as Bama as how I feel about Bama and I hate to be going in on SEC basketball like this but the pace I think would can just wear you out at, at the end of the year they just don't stop so I, I like the way they play and I think them they make it to uh, the Elite Eight. Yeah, I agree with you. 
I think Arkansas is just too good to lose that game. And when you've got someone like Moses Moody that's that talented, when you know you're playing a team like Colgate that's going to have less athleticism and less star power, they're going to be able to get Moses Moody on whoever they want. They're just going to get someone switched on him and go ISO. And at the end of the day, he's going to take over or they're going to have to throw multiple bodies at him and it's going to open stuff up for other guys. And Arkansas just has too much talent to lose that game, in my opinion. Colgate would have to play damn near perfect and shoot like 55% from three, which it could happen, but I just don't see it. I'm not picking that upset in any bracket. And the Texas Tech-Arkansas matchup will be fun, but Tech's not going to be able to keep up with Arkansas. Mac McClung is just not good yeah. enough to get that done. I'm sorry. I just this don't see not it. I don't, a, a lot McClung of people friendly podcast. Not really, man. He hasn't impressed me a ton. He makes some big shots and big moments, but he just doesn't get other guys involved enough for how much he handles it, in my opinion. And for that reason, primarily, I'm taking Arkansas over Tech. I know a lot of people have that 6-3 upset and Tech going to the Sweet 16, at least people I know, and I just don't see it. I think Arkansas's there. I heard a lot about about the Tech stuff, too. I I wrestled with it hard, but I just can't do it. I, I'm number one fan, Chris Beard. think he's awesome. Would love him to be the successor to Bill Self at KU if time yeah. worked out like that. I mean, I think he's that good. But I, I just can't I can't take him to beat Arkansas this year. Yep, me either. The case for Colgate, they're second in the nation in scoring and assist to turnover ratio. They're eleventh in team three point percentage at thirty eight point seven, and they got four double digit scores. So I'm not saying they're gonna do it, but that is definitely one of the high seed, low seed games that I'm going to be most tuned into. I agree. I, I think the there's a lot maybe. of potential. Yeah. I feel you with the stats. I, I, but but one thing to note, it's a much smaller sample size, right? They only played a conference right. season. They only yeah, played the conference games. opponents. So, you know, they're definitely a good team. Are they good enough to beat Arkansas? I don't think so. I, I hope not. We'll the other see. thing with Arkansas, too, is they, they're hot at the right time. I know they didn't win their conference tournament, but that team just went almost perfect the second half of the season, and that's that's tough to do, especially I know SEC is not best conference this year, but they're top three or four, so that, that's just that's not easy to do. You know, Arkansas should not be taken lightly, I don't think. Last thing, and let's go to the Midwest. You guys think Trey Mann can take Florida on a little Cinderella run? No. My my notes for this game, this Florida-Virginia Tech game are, Florida, Trey Mann's the best player in the game. <laughs> but that doesn't make it to Ohio State, where EJ Liddell's the best player in the game. So <laughs> I got him, I've got him winning in the first round, but I don't think they have uh, enough firepower to get past Ohio State Florida's just too inconsistent for me. You watch them, and one game, they might look awesome and be playing Tennessee or someone like that and have you thinking that they're a legit threat to make a tournament run, and then you watch them in another game against, I don't know, some lower-tier SEC team, and they don't even look like the same guys. And I'm just not sold with Florida, and nine losses is a lot in a shortened season. And I, I just don't think that they're able to win more than two or three in a row. Like I wouldn't be shocked if they somehow upset Ohio State and got to the Sweet 16, but I think that would be as far as it gets. All right, let's do it. The Midwest, final region, 
The Pokes are chilling on the forward line. The Red Hot fighting Illini pulled out the one seed. Jerb, what is your favorite round one matchup here? I'm I'm gonna go with your boys, uh, the Pokes versus Liberty. You know, I think right. Liberty is a, a really really good team this year. They shoot the ball well from three. They're well coached. They've got five six guys who can all put the ball in the bucket. Um, Don't tell me I, you got us on upset alert here. I'm putting you guys on upset alert, but I've got, oh no! But I've got the Pokes coming through. Um, All right. It's just just an alert. Um, I right. I think Cade Cunningham is the type of guy that's going to relish the big stage. I just think that's his personality. And the emergence of Avery Anderson and Caleb Boone over these past two months has been huge for them. Um, they're they're rolling into this tournament, you know, smoking hot. So I do like the pokes in that matchup, but I think it's one to watch for sure. Ooh, okay. All right. Well, I got to get this out of my system now. It's bullshit. We're a four seed. We should be a three. West Virginia got a three. They're 18 and nine. We're 20 and eight. We beat them twice. Once without Cade. We got more top 10 wins. We got more top 25 wins. I know they played Gonzaga close. I don't know if that factored into their seeding. And West Virginia deserves a three. I think it's more of a big 12 being slightly underrated and a little bit disrespected in the seeding process for how good of a conference I actually think we are. But, uh, yeah, OSU deserved a three. That's all I'm saying. We got a mailbag question on this. Do you think Oklahoma State deserves to be in the tourney? Yeah, Garrett Warman <laughs> can uh, frick right off on that one. Yes, we deserve to be in the tournament. South Carolina got two years probation. The coach that got us in trouble the one season he was here, he was at South Carolina before then. If they only got two years probation, no scholarship reduction, no postseason ban, why do we why do we deserve more severe punishment when we had one season of them, no current coaches or players were involved. Wasn't under Mike Boynton's staff. Boynton was after he was here. It just makes no sense to lay the hammer on us like this. Georgia Tech, their appeal was successful. Oklahoma State deserves to be in it. What did and Tech I am do? not I'm not sure what they did. Something similar. The player getting illegal benefits from what I understand. I'm not sure if there was money involved or what the deal was, but I think it was a pretty similar situation to OSU. And I'm not trying to like point the finger or anything, but there are schools like <clears throat> KU that have a lot more serious uh, infractions Damn, pending. Bro. And oh, like, if love. you're going to lay the hammer down on someone, there's a lot of other schools you could have laid the hammer down on for worse stuff. So it just doesn't make sense. Like we deserve to be in if anyone deserves to be in. I got Liberty beating Oklahoma State. <laughs> This is game over. Get out of here. Get out of here. Don't stand a chance. Don't come at my boys like that, Jackson. We're going to have some problems. Get out of here. Okay. I got to ask you all, though. I feel pretty confident that we have enough talent around Cade, even if he doesn't have his best game to get past Liberty. Then we're looking at Tennessee or Oregon State. I'm thinking it's going to be Tennessee. And I haven't watched them a ton. I know Keon Johnson is super hyped up and he's going to be a lottery pick, but I've probably seen Tennessee play three games and Keon Johnson didn't really impress me in two of them. I think we can get past Tennessee and realistically, there's a pretty good shot. We're sitting in the sweet 16 against Illinois. Is that what y'all are seeing? Go ahead, Pete. I think so. Yeah. I watched Tennessee play Kansas may have been Kansas's worst performance of the season. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other ones in mind? Uh, pro- if I do, I blocked it out of my memory through yeah. lots and lots of therapy. 
But like I said, neither one of the, those teams impressed me on that night. Jordan Fulkerson took an elbow to the head um, in the SEC tourney. We'll see how he's coming back from that. I know he might miss this first round game. I like what they do defensively, but I just think Cade will be able to break them down. And I'm with you. The freshman Johnson and Jaden Springer, they're both looking like potential lottery picks, but I just haven't seen Inconsistent. it. Inconsistent. Inconsistent. Yeah. I got OSU yeah, to the I, Sweet 16. All right, good I, deal. I, I agree with you both. I had a tough time with this game. Um, I think Eve Pons for Tennessee is a really tough matchup. He, he, he's a thicker guy. And if he's matched up with a tall, skinny dude like Caleb Boone, yeah, he's a big boy. You know, yeah. I, that could be worrisome. Um, I don't think Keon Johnson is a problem. He's he's going to be a top 15 pick probably, but it, he's one of those guys that it's off of his potential, right? I did yeah. write down, will, will Jaden Springer play like a lottery pick? Because if he does, that's when Oklahoma State can find themselves in trouble because um, he has the potential to light it up. Mm-hmm. But he's been inconsistent this year, like Peter said. So I'm just going to roll with the pokes on that one. Uh, but I think that's going to be a great 4-5 matchup. All right. I love to hear it. Uh, I, I guess we should just keep going with this. If we're looking at that top part of this region, and we got the Sweet 16 matchup of Illinois and Oklahoma State, I had nightmares about Kofi Coburn last night. Now, I saw what Jericho Sims did to us in the Big 12 tournament, and I know Coburn is oh, a my. whole nother level compared to Sims. And so that just makes me a little bit nervous because I know we love to go zone, and I, I don't think zone would work with Coburn. And I think if we go man and Caleb Boone or M.A. Moncrief are trying to lock him down, it's just going to result in foul trouble for us and a 30-point game for him. And they're too good. We can't just double him and hope to recover and make up for lost ground on other guys. Like I just, I'm a little bit worried about that matchup, but I do think with Cade and the role players that we have and depth that we have, anything's possible. Like I want to pick us. I've got us in a bracket or two, but realistically, like, do y'all think there's any chance we could stop Coburn enough to win that game? That's going to be a no for me, dog. Ah, <laughs> that's tough. That's tough. Pete, I do you guys have good enough perimeter defenders to yes, create perimeter. ball pressure to keep yes. the ball out of his hands? Cuz yeah, he, we could roll out like a half court press or something from the three-point line extended maybe, but it's just the fact that if you do get a breakdown somewhere and you get him the ball, it's going to result in a bucket. You know, like we I'm, I'm sure Boynton would come with a hell of a game plan and we're going to do everything we can to stifle him and get the ball out of his hands. But just at the end of the day, when you've got a secondary playmaker or I mean, really your primary playmaker in Io, he's going to be able to do a lot, too. Like you can't right. just worry about taking away Coburn because then he's going to kill you. So not, not to mention Curbelo, Miller, Frazier. Illinois doesn't have a lot of weak spots. I mean, they are solid. Yeah. I know. But and the best thing, and with the best one two punch in the country. One thing to keep in mind, we got pettiness on our side. Brad Underwood was our coach for one year. He brought over uh My Goofy, Boynton. what's his name? He brought over Boynton, but he also brought over the dingus that got us in trouble from South Carolina, too. So mixed bag there. We actually are you know, we had our original uh whatever it was, suspension, I guess, because of the staff that Underwood brought. So 
it's kind of a, a little bit of the, we're going to have more of a chip on our shoulder than people realize. Like I haven't heard anyone make the connection of like, oh, a little bit of a revenge game for Oklahoma State after Brad Underwood was there for a year, got him in trouble and bounced. There's that factor there. Like we know that's an angle that's going to be played eventually. And like, I think the guys are going to come with a little extra bit of uh, intensity, even more so than they would in a normal Sweet 16 game, knowing that the former coach who abandoned the program to go to Illinois is on the other side. I hadn't even thought about that point. I think I think that's a good point. But back to your original point, I don't think anyone you have on your roster can stop Kofi. Yeah, I know. So I know, as I know, as Matt as mad as you are, Brad Underwood and blah 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 blah. <laughs> you know. Don't do me like that, Jeremiah. <laughs> don't do me like that. So I have one more game in this region and one more team that I want to hit and then we can go to the mailbag unless you guys have some upsets flying around here but I want to hit on this Loyola Chicago Georgia Tech matchup a lot of people are really high on this Loyola team even though Georgia Tech just won the ACC tourney now you, you pointed out that I've got some stats in front of me. I made this whole criteria of teams that are going to be good to pick in the big dance. And Loyola is checking a lot of boxes. Number one in the country in defensive efficiency and free throw attempts allowed per game. Both of those bode really well for the tourney. And Porter Moser has gotten them deep before. I think Sister Jean gets a dub in round one. And I'm I would love to see this Loyola-Illinois matchup in the round two. Do you think there's any chance they could give Illinois a scare? I don't. Uh, I appreciate the sentiment. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. No chance. I, I love Loyola-Chicago. I love their story back when Custer and Richardson were there. Um, my three, my four notes next to their name are Big Camp, Crutwig, Good coaching, team defense, high IQ. I think they're just a really, really good team. Illinois is just in a different, a different uh, planet on a different planet. Pete, come on. Yeah, I agree. Okay, and it's one thing when you just have one star like Oklahoma State does with Cade, but when you have two and one's a dominant perimeter player and the other is just a beast on the block, like you can take one away, but you can't take both away. And at the end of the day, like you're just not going to be able to beat them with a team that's not as athletic and you don't have the athletes that you're gonna at a power five school, just being realistic in my opinion. I think they should have gotten a better seed than the eight seed though. I mean, they're, they're a really good team and I would have loved to see them into the second weekend. They, they got a terrible draw. Simple as that. So okay, one question yeah. I got for both y'all real quick. Uh, bottom of this region Elite Eight, who do you have? West Virginia, Houston, you guys have an upset team? Houston. I've got I've got Houston as well. Oh, I, I have something that's so off the wall here. Y'all are going to shoot it down so fast, but it's a gut thing. I think Rutgers beats Clemson, and they beat Houston in the second round. I think Rutgers is going to be the sleeper Cinderella team. I would love that. I would love that. I don't see it happening, but I would love it. <laughs> Who do you, and then you have them matching up against West Virginia, I'm assuming? I got West Virginia winning. I don't think that Rutgers will be able to put together three games like that. But this West Virginia team is good, and I think they can make a run. But I also think that there's a chance that they throw away a close game and don't make free throws down the stretch. So like, I wouldn't be shocked if Rutgers did it. I think West Virginia is going to go as far 
as they take themselves. Like I think they're going to win until they beat themselves. We'll see. You guys got anything else in this region? I I am curious who do you who'd you guys pick in the 6-11 matchup that San Diego State Syracuse game? Because I struggled with that one and I ended up going with Bayheim and Cuse just cuz of the 2-3 zone. I went back and forth and went with San Diego State. Jerem 100% with you. Same exact rationale. Wow. I was I just, just not know, impressed by Cuse this year. It, it, neither neither was I, but they play that zone and and if you can catch a team that's cold, right, in a new gym that you beat them with the zone. If San Diego State is ice cold, they they can't win that game. So I just think that that that's a, a huge X factor, and I think that's why Syracuse does well a lot in the tournament. They had a play-in game a, a few years ago and made it to the Elite Eight, I believe. I mean, that zone can yeah. trip, trip you up. Malachi Richardson. Yeah, and then he got taken in a lottery pick by the Kings, and no one's heard of him since. Oh, my gosh, I forgot about that. I wonder what he's up to nowadays. He's in Siberia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to hear everyone's final four champion, and then let's run through these mailbag questions. All right, Jerb, you take it away first. All right, I got Gonzaga, Bama, Baylor, Illinois. Damn. Probably somewhat popular. Um, my first several brackets, I had Gonzaga beating Bama, all the way through my first couple brackets, I had Illinois beating Baylor, but I switched it up because I think that's going to be a popular pick, and I want to differentiate myself. I love Baylor's guards; they've got three guys that all could be, you know, a third-team All-American. Literally, they all average sixteen a game. It's crazy. Davion Mitchell, one of the best defenders in the country, if not the, and um, they've got bigs who know their role. Mark Vital is the glue that holds that team together shooting off the bench with Adam Flagler and Michael Mayer or Meyer. And I've got them actually beating Gonzaga 89 to 85. The Baylor bears cutting down the nets. Scott Drew, as much as I hate to say it, I'm riding with Jared Butler, Davion Mitchell and and Mossy Oteague. So that's, that's me. Respect. Man, that's interesting. I like Baylor a lot. I'm just a little bit concerned about free throws. Because that's one area that I think if they do get in a close game and they start playing the free throw game, it's within a possession or two, you know, a minute left. I think that could be their Achilles heel. But I like Baylor. I've got them in the final four. I've also got Gonzaga and Texas. And then I got to do it. I got OSU coming out of our region. And I think if OSU does get to Baylor, they beat them again. I think that's the only team. I think Baylor beats Illinois. As stupid as this sounds, I think OSU is the only team that beats them. And I know a lot of people will counter with that and say, OSU just played a nearly perfect game to beat them in the Big 12 tournament. Baylor beat them twice. And I just got to remind everyone, first game, we had no Cade. We had no Rondell Walker, who's one of our better perimeter players. We were up on them the entire game until about the eight-minute mark, and we fell apart. Okay, that's a totally different game if Cade and Rondell Walker are playing. Not saying we for sure win, but it's a close game regardless. Second game, we played them. Uh, it was a road game, and they just came out juiced. We had it within four or five with about 30, 45 seconds left and just couldn't get it done. So it's not like Baylor's just in another league above us and we got some crazy upset win. I think we're on the same tier as them, and I like us over them, and then I like Gonzaga beating us and taking home the Natty. Oh my Jackson total what, homer what? bracket, but I haven't been able to do this in 12 years. I actually take OSU deep. I'm going to do it. 
Jackson, whatever you are on, I gotta get me some of that, my boy. Because you <laughs> it's on confidence crazy. and hope, and I have not had a team to root for in a decade. So, I mean, I'm gonna feel like an idiot if we beat Illinois and do keep going on the run. And I felt like no one believed in us to actually like make a Big Twelve run, potentially win it, and be sitting here with a realistic shot to do something like we were pegged to miss the tournament or be an eight or nine seed up until a few weeks ago and all of a sudden people are looking at us like man they probably should have been a three or maybe even a two they're a legit team and illinois is just the one problem that's the one team that i didn't want to be in their region i thought anyone else other than gonzaga would have given them trouble but i mean it is what it is. I love Cade. I love this roster. Avery Anderson, Rondell Walker, M.A. Moncrief, so many of these young guys, the Boone twins, they've gotten unbelievably better as the season has gone on. And every single player on the team has improved from the start of the year to where we are now. And I trust all of those dudes with the game on the line, trust all of them shooting free throws down the stretch. I got to go with my guys. Drop that mic, son. Do your thing. <laughs> Do your dance. Respect, All right, man. I got Gonzaga, Bama. I had Florida State over Bama. Thought about it. Bama's a better team. Slotted they them are. in. And then I got Absolutely. Baylor, Illinois. Gonzaga, Illinois final with the Zags and Jalen Suggs cutting down the nets. Man, I would love to know what percentage of brackets are going to have Gonzaga going all the way. Because it's going to make me hate myself for picking them. But... It's just kind of a weird year, I feel like. You have more so of locks to go to the Final Four than the typical one seats. I think everyone's kind of looking at Gonzaga, Baylor, and Illinois with the assumption of they're almost for sure going to get there. I feel like every other year it's way easier to peg the, ah, this region's going to see you know a two or higher come out, or this one seed isn't legit, everyone's going to pick them to get bounced in the Sweet 16. This year just seems tough at the top. It's it's a really, really weird year. I mean, I, I took the second overall team in the country to win it, and I feel like a chump because I didn't take Gonzaga. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a crazy year. I, I, I can only hope that, you know, there are upsets and that it's not all chalked out. I hope my bracket's shit. But... For now, at least the three you said, Jackson, I, I completely agree. Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, I don't know any sane person who, who well, I actually do. Okay, part of, part of my uh, angle on that is everyone's going to take these three one seeds. Surely one of them is not going to make it. You know, of these three consensus locks to go to the Final Four one seed teams, one of them is going to go down at some point why not just pick my pokes to do it? You know, if someone's going to do it, why not pick them? I feel you. Win some money and get a moral dub. It does have shades of 2008 to me, though. I believe it was the only time all four one seeds made it to the Final Four KU reign champion, but those four teams just felt cut above the rest, and and I'm feeling this, at least with Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois. That East region is, to me, completely up for grabs with Isaiah Livers out for Michigan. Uh, but those other three just seem so, so solidified to me, way more so than I can remember since 2008. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. Okay, one question for y'all before we get to the mailbag. If you had to pick a team that's a five seed or higher to be in the final four, who would you take? That's essentially one of the mailbag questions. 
Oh, is it really? I tried to not steal one. My roommate, Kurt Hoover, top Cinderella team. Um, Jerry, you got okay, one? Yeah, Take that's it away. pretty much the same. Yeah, um, I'm rocking with UConn. I mean, Ooh. can they do it again? Maybe. They've got they've got the star. They've got Book Knight to do it. They've got the size. Um, any to me, they're they're the best odds of a of a five seed or above getting to a final four. I think that they could definitely hang with Bama, Texas. Like I said, that East region, I think it's up for grabs. So I'm gonna rock with UConn there. Yep, I'm with you, Jerb. I'm going to the East, and I think it's gonna be LSU. I think if they can get past Michigan, they could very well walk into the Elite Eight, potentially get past Texas and make it into the Final Four. I just don't see in the West, South, or Midwest one of these higher-seeded teams being able to do it. I guess that puts me up. up. <laughs> I'm going to rock with Oregon. Okay. You there. you damn should. There is seven. I'm telling you, man, I, I got Oregon. Dana Altman's been here before. Let's Let's do it. They just have to go through the giant that is Gonzaga. That's yeah, it. That's just that just seems impossible. I would love to know what the spread would be for that game. I think it'd still be double digits at least in Gonzaga's favor. I was gonna say at least ten, you would think. Which is Gonzaga crazy. might not see a single digit spread till the final four. Well Iowa, you would hope would be well, I don't know, man. I don't know. That is crazy. I don't know, that dude. I could see that being 10 points. I can yeah, see it being 10 points. Crazy. All right, let's get to the rest of the mailbag. Pete, hit us with the first question. All right. Let's do let's do this one from Dylan Dodson. Most likely 12-5 upset. Herb. Yeah. All right. Um my 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 biggest 12-5 guarantee would be Winthrop over Villanova. I'm with um, that. Yeah. Yep. And that's just, just the strength of Winthrop as a whole. Um, and like I said earlier, Villanova is just going in absolutely the wrong direction right now. It just, it just feels like Winthrop's a good pick there. And, and I like, like I, like I said, UCSB over Creighton, but, but Winthrop is, is my team for that question. Dotson, appreciate it. I'm with you hundred percent. And one other thing to note with Villanova you cannot think of a single team ever, as far as my memory can goes in our or can go in our lifetime, that has lost their best player and still gone on to a Final Four or a lead eight or anything of that nature. When your best player goes down going into March, I'm sorry, but it's over. It's over. You don't have the time to rebuild your offense and figure out how to get it done. It's just over. As much as I love Jay Wright, I'm ready for them to get a first round L. <laughs> Peter's dying for Villanova to get bounced. All right, next question. What do we got? All right. Let's do Parker Sorges. All right. What is Old your roommate shouts out? Your first round upset lock. Kind of similar, but I think you can take this in a different direction. Jerb, what do you got? Uh, all right. You know what? I'll hit this one first. I think a first round upset that. I wouldn't call a lock, but I like it a lot. I alluded to it earlier, Michigan State or UCLA over BYU. I know that 11-6 isn't the biggest upset in the world, but I think there's a little bit of recency bias with BYU and the fact that they played Gonzaga semi-close and people aren't taking into account that that was Gonzaga's worst game of the year and they were just playing around until they had to flip the switch and still won by double digits. I'm not scared of that BYU team at all. I think the winner of the playing game gets a little bit of momentum, a little bit of confidence, confidence, and it's UCLA. 
and Michigan State. Like these are historically good basketball schools. They're no chums. They're going to take care of BYU. Love that, Jackson. Uh, whichever of those teams comes through, whether it be Michigan State or UCLA, I like either of them to beat BYU. Um, but I'll go something Let's different. My uh, upset lock, not a huge upset, still technically an upset, is Rutgers over Clemson. So okay. Jackson already, we know Jackson loves them, but they've got <laughs> yeah. really good, really good scores. Um, I don't even know if I could name one player on Clemson, which is kind of crazy because I consider myself somewhat of a savant. So I caught one of their games and I think they got beat by 30 or something like that. And I immediately told myself, if this team makes the tournament, I'm picking them to get bounced first round. I don't care who they play. Seems fair enough. All right. Um, Well, I've already said quite a bit about Oregon. So I think I have to rule them out. <laughs> yeah, unless you want to quadruple down. Oh man, this is this got a lot tougher. Um, you know what? I'll go with Colgate. I'll go with Colgate. Wow. I think of of all of the high seeds, thirteen and higher. I think they have the best chance of pulling off something crazy, just because they match up kind of similarly to how Arkansas plays. Big stats guy, huh? Yeah. I pulled the numbers on that one, baby. Peter's one of those numbers never lie guys. On the selection show, you saw Clark Kellogg's reaction to the Colgate name being called. He was like, oh, he thinks there's something there. Seth picked him. Seth Davis picked him. So it's it's not all hearsay. I, I see it. Has he gotten Tanner over the past five years? Uh, by way of spray. Yes. <laughs> Maybe it's lotion. Could be lotion. Either oh, way, I don't get how you could you could stick with that day to day smell, but uh, you know, that's another conversation. <laughs> okay, let's let's mix it up here. Would a this one comes from our boy Snacks? Would a Scott Hansen red zone work for the first two rounds, or would that be too chaotic? absolutely too chaotic but worth it 100 percent. you know initially i said too chaotic but as i'm thinking about it the games are staggered so if there's one channel that's showing you the last six minutes of every game that could work i mean the flipping back and forth makes it tough but you know that i guess that's kind of what it already is you're flipping your channels to see the last 10 minutes of every and game. they could go like quadruple box you know i think it'd be Quad box pretty would be crazy it'd be pretty cool i'm gonna have four tvs in my living room so i'm just gonna build my own red zone cave essentially but it would be cool i think it would be a home run smash hit slam a jammer bobby witt out of the yard dinger I don't know why they haven't done something like this. Like NBA Red Zone hosted by Worldwide Wob every night. That would be a hit. Like everyone would pay for that. Give me a. We've we've seen it with we've seen it with the Champions League. They just started the Golasso show, which I've I've absolutely loved. So it seems like you can't go wrong in any sport with a show like that. Easily, people have short attention spans. They just want to see the action. If you just give them the action and nothing but the action, they will stay there and keep watching. Who would host it? Big snack College basketball. Uh, Jim Nance would be pretty good. Oh, yeah. He might not be able to keep up. I think Jim Nance might be a little slow. Hanson's kind of got like a little quick tempo to him. You, know, like you can tell he just drank a few cups of coffee before yeah. he went out there. 
Uh, maybe Rothstein could do it. Rothstein would be pretty funny. He would just be throwing out movie references left and right. He he would be a good commentary. Strictly basketball purposes, I could see. Although he's a specialist, but Fran Fraschilla, I like the way he breaks down a game. And oh man, game. give me anyone else. I don't ever want to really? hear him do a Cade Cunningham game again, dude. He loves Cade Cunningham. Yeah, it's annoying. He attributes any success from anyone else on the team to Cade. Oh, look at that pass. If Cade weren't on the team to tell him how to make that pass, he never would have made it. Oh, look at that win against West Virginia. Now, the reason they won that game is because Cade Cunningham was on the bench, and they knew his presence was there, and they had the confidence to go out there and get it done for their teammate. That one is all Cade Cunningham. That's free for sure wears me out. Give the guy some credit. This team has stepped up. We are not just Cade Cunningham. Good team. We got some guys. Good team. It's a good team. Hey, screw Fran for sure. Screw yeah. Jay Billis. Jay Billis would be a good one. I'd listen to him, although he can be a little bit of a Debbie Downer sometimes. Him and Jeff Van Gundy. I think Jimmy Dykes is pretty good. Jimmy Hell Dykes is no. good. No? No? I didn't say Sorry, Dan Dockage. Dan Dockage he, would make me He's, wanna... he's the worst. He's the worst. Dan Give me a little bit of eyes. He doesn't have shooter's eyes. He'll never be successful in the NBA. Actually, he was Dockage was the guy on the American Conference Tournament and the Shockers, which I say would do better whenever my TV was muted. It was like a that was like a statistical fact that it's whenever probably, I muted Dockage, Shockers yeah. went on the run. It's probably just chakras aligning in the world and things being right. No kidding. All right, man. All right, what we got next, Peter? We got just a couple more. Um, let's do mine. I just wanted to ask you guys one. What was the toughest game for you guys to pick? Single toughest game. Are we talking like first round or just at any point? OSU and Illinois. I I touched on that already, but that was just the head versus the heart right there. My, my brain killer was UConn Bama. That was a tough one. That was a tough one too. Honestly, the LSU first round game, I feel like a lot of people are going to have LSU deep and there's a chance that the Bonnies could win that game and screw a lot of brackets up. I can see that. Yeah, that might be just like a nice system play, you know? Like it's a differentiator. This kind of, yeah, this game's kind of a coin flip still. Everyone's going to take this team. I'm going to zag and go this team just for the bracket value. It's not a bad idea. Crunch those numbers, Pete. Do your thing, boy. <laughs> Hey, on on the note of that, just kind of like playing the bracket game here, going beyond picking who you think the best team is. One thing that I love to do, especially like these five twelve matchups, you might as well pick UCSB over a team like Creighton, and maybe even have them win in their second game because once they see Gonzaga, they're going to lose regardless. So right. might as well get a little value, maybe snag a team that nobody else is picking because they're not going to go deep and get you the big points anyway. It's like opportunity cost, right? Exactly. I struggled with both my Bama and Arkansas tech picks because I have both those teams in the Elite Eight, Bama in the Final Four, but I'm like, I could see both of those teams getting bounced in the second round, which would be a catastrophe. Kill your bracket. Catastrophe. Yeah. It, it would be awful. <laughs> yep. There's a lot of angles to play here. People think it's a simple, you know, just fill it out and go type thing. And being honest, you probably do better when you do that, but. Hey, there's a lot of different angles you can play with it, too. Facts prove that. My little sister wins my family's bracket challenge every <laughs> damn year. She just picks based off what team she thinks sounds better. So zero stats behind it. All right. This one comes from the only Orlando Magic fan I know. 
not named Kevin Clark. That is the one and only Tom Mitchell. Which NBA prospect will have the best tourney? I, I love this question, and I think you could take it any which way you'd like. Jackson, you go first. So which NBA prospect will have the best tourney? I had an original take on this that I thought was going to be clever, and I just kind of decided to scrap it. I think Jalen Suggs dominates. I think he's the clear-cut guy that is the—I mean, he's the most elite guard in the field by far, and I think he's the best guard of all the draft prospects going into the lottery. And, I I mean, I love their region. I love every single potential matchup for him, even Iowa in the Elite Eight potentially. He's going to dominate. Those guys are great players, and they know their role, and they're great three-point shooters, but Jalen Suggs would tear them up offensively. Okay. Love that pick. Wasn't Love expecting that, uh, that high of a prospect. I wasn't originally going to go there. I thought Mobley had the most on the line and the most to show, but I still, I'm just not sold on him even getting past Kansas. So I had to kind of had to get off him and switch it up. All right. I'll give you, I'll give you a higher end prospect and a lower end prospect. Love just it. Cause I want to, it's cause I want to uh, higher end prospect, Moses Moody. Arkansas yeah. shooting guard, one. 17 and a half a game. I've got them in my elite eight, so I think they'll hopefully have enough time for him to really show out. I think he's a scorer that's capable enough of putting up 20 points plus in every game they play. I think how fast they Arkansas runs that, you know, the world's going to know him. I think that, you know, the common fan might know might not, might not know Moses Moody, but he'll be a top 10 pick in my opinion. Lower end pick, I think this guy with a good tournament, and I have them in the Elite Eight, and all KU fans are going to hate me, but I think he could slip into the late first round. Quentin Grimes, 6'5", point guard, out of Houston, American Co-Conference Player of the Year. He's averaging 18-6. He's their best player. He's the best player on a top eight team. They run. He's better with the ball in his hands. It didn't work out at Kansas because he was playing alongside Devon Dawson. We asked him to play the two. He's a point guard, and I think if you watch Quentin, all KU fans, that you will get to see that he he is what we thought he was. It just didn't work out for us in his system. I think he he has a great tournament, and I think he has an opportunity to sneak in the late first round, if not you know early second round. So there it is. Wow, you you riled up some people with that one. <laughs> I know, I know, my phone's gonna blow up tomorrow for that. But. <laughs> Jackson, I, I rock with you, QG. Jackson, that was a really hotly debated topic amongst us. So much so oh, that I'm sure. I mean, he was a big deal. Y'all hated him when he was at KU. Everyone was pissed that he wasn't living up to potential and just eating away at minutes with no production. If you only wanna... the haters were Jackson. <laughs> LeBron James and Quentin Grimes, the two most polarizing topics among our circle, oh, I would say. <laughs> That's tough. That's, that's tough. That's Peter, if you want a deeper one, I'll I'll follow up Jerb here. I think Jericho Sims for Texas. Really? Talked about him earlier and why he showed in the Big 12. He's a senior. He's not someone that I think is even 
potentially a first round pick for any team right now. But if Texas does go on a final four run, like myself and many others have picked them to do Jericho Sims is going to be a big part of that. And he's going to have to keep playing like he did in the big 12. And if that were to happen, someone's going to take him late first, early second round. Cause I would, he's going to play good defense. He has good touch around the rim. He has great energy. You just got to work on the free throw shooting. I mean, if he can get that free throw stroke up a little bit, I don't see why not, you know, why would a team not want him? I mean, he's Jackson Hayes was a was a lottery pick, and he's exactly that, just three years older, right? And he's literally yeah. the exact same thing. Yeah, so yeah. I'd I, argue I he's a little bit more polished than Hayes. Not quite the athletic potential, but I think he's more ready to help a team now than Hayes is. Like this guy's never going to be an all star. Might not ever even be your starting center, but I guarantee you, he can give you ten to twenty good minutes a night and help your team win. Absolutely. I mean, I got a few I want to throw out now. (laughs) All right, do it. Rapid fire, let's hear them. All right, Mobley, as I mentioned, he can solidify himself as a top two, three pick, no doubt, just because of the bigs he'll run into if they make a run. Um, Io Desunmu, he's an early second on a lot of boards I've seen. I think he'll be a first-round pick. Yeah, if he plays his way into the title game, putting up, the 25 and five line where he was the only player in the country to do that this year. I don't see how he doesn't make a case for late lottery or top 20. I think it's possible. Yeah. Good size. Yeah. Someone would take a chance on him. Yeah. And then the last one, not, not the, not the Phoenix suns though. They'd let him slip right on by. I like, I like Therese Halliburton. They'd probably take him with like the fifth overall pick. Uh, oh, y'all said he's going to go late lottery, maybe late first. We'll take him at number seven. There you go. That's something we would do. That's the opposite of projections. Yeah. That's what we did with Cam Johnson. That's what we did with Jalen Smith. My last one, I'm riding this Oregon train. Chris Duarte, very under the radar player. Just keep keep your eye out for that man. Okay. And, and the team as a whole. Watch out for the Ducks and this the year. And the team as a whole, baby. They don't have any... I wonder what... Go ahead. They don't have no Tyler Dorsey, but they got a chance. Dude, That's PTSD. I, what, I can't uh, think about that. I wonder what their final four odds are. Peter, you might want to look into that if you're that confident, because right. they're probably going to be like 15 or 20 to 1. Okay. All right, last last question. Favorite March Madness moment? This came from Derek. Uh, I'm just going gonna, gonna to rip the Band-Aid off. Ali Farouk Manesh was a pretty incredible Oh, watch. my goodness. I'll talk to y'all later. Um, <laughs> him or Jimmer, man. Jimmer on the year where they lost one of their best players and he was just on the tear. Those are the two that just stick out the most from being little. Because it, it just seemed impossible, both of those. Northern Iowa, that game, it just seemed like there was no chance they were ever going to win it. And every single big play and big shot that Farouk Manesh would hit, was like, oh my God, this actually might happen. And then with Jimmer, it just seemed improbable that BYU was going to be able to keep winning games and actually do anything in the tournament when their second best player had just gone down right before March. You know, kind of similar to a situation like Villanova with Gillespie. Everyone was looking at BYU like, no chance. You know, they're playing a man down. I think they were a three seed and no one even picked them to make the elite eight. And they just about did something. They just about did it. Austin day. Is that who we're talking about? I think it was Austin day. He drank. No, he he was on the team, but he was on the team, but it wasn't him. It was somebody else. Brandon Davies. Is that it? Brandon Davies. That might be it. 
Pirates. Oh, man, this was like, man. what, 2008? Gosh. Later, but regardless, Jackson, thanks for bringing that up. That's one of the top three times in my life where I've cried the most. So good memories there. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, the other two being the Bucknell loss in 05 and the Syracuse loss in 03, but no need to bring no those VCU? up. Um, uh, no VCU? No. No, those other ones, I was just younger, and it, they hit me harder. I mean, that Syracuse loss okay. uh, in 03. They do hit you harder yeah. when you're younger for some reason. I don't know why, but, Facts. man, I would get so angry. I would get so angry I, as a kid. I, I, will, I will forever be emotionally attached to Kirk Heinrich and – the least weird way possible but um i would say my favorite just pure march moment i hate to bring the team up that i just mentioned but syracuse well i guess it's in a good light when tj sorrentine from vermont hit a hit a dagger three in ot um in the first round they were a 13 seed to beat number four syracuse uh, i think it was 67 64 and I loved that Vermont team very weirdly because I saw them play. It was like my second ever time in Allen Fieldhouse as a kid. It was 2005. Saw them play, bought the booklet that came with the game, so read through their whole team. They had a guy named Taylor Coppenrath who averaged 20 and 10, was the conference player of the year, his sophomore, junior, and senior year. And then they had Damn. this guard, TJ Sorrentine, who was just a dog and, and hit this dagger of a shot so that was like my first real like March Madness insane upset moment that that will forever stick with me. All right, I got a painful one since we're doing this. Uh oh. Will Bynum double clutch layup over Ivan McFarland's outstretched hand in the Final Four: Oklahoma State, Georgia Tech, UConn, and I can't even remember the fourth team. That season. What year was this? This is a Tony honestly, Allen, John that, that Lucas. Was, that was 2005. Yes. Uh, this is when I just started to get into basketball, and I wiped this one from my memory. You know, I we were a two seed, right? That was pain. I saw, I saw that yeah. Oklahoma State that same year. I saw them play KU at Allen Fieldhouse up in literally the highest row, and John <laughs> Lucas missed a game tying three off the front of the rim at the end. One of the best games I've ever seen in the Fieldhouse. I love that Oklahoma State team. John Lucas III was a stud. Um, the Joey and Stephen Graham, Eddie, Eddie Sutton, that was classic. But I will admit, Jarrett Jack was like my favorite non-KU player in the country because his last name was Jack and my name was Jack. <laughs> they're, they're funny, aren't they? But I, I was that was an awesome game, Peter. That that I loved watching that game. Yeah. Thanks for bringing it up. Sorry, I know it hurts you guys more than it hurts me. <laughs> That's okay. Hell of a team, hell of a game. Um, Honestly, my favorite OSU team was uh, James on Curry, Bogan. I think we had uh, Etwan, Byron, or Byron yeah, I think Eton. we had Byron Eton. Yeah, I think we Byron had Byron Eton was a, a year in there. The headband was to, legit, man. We KU, we could never win at, at Gallagher Iowa, man. Especially in Eton's years. I felt I swear we always lost to Byron Eton. He had some late clock bullshit to get a sixty-seven to sixty-five or something. Cobbins something like was that. legit. Marshall Moses was good. Wow. Michael Cobbins. I haven't thought about him in a while. Um my favorite moment has <laughs> gotta be Steph Curry, man. Just coming in. Oh um, wow. Okay. I can't, yeah. I can't believe I think of that. 
lighting it up for the whole world. Oh my god! Yeah, unbelievable. How, how deep did they go? Was it Elite Eight or Final Four? Lost, lost to KU and the Elite Eight in 08, um by two, and Steph deferred the last second three to their point guard. Steph didn't even shoot three to win the game. It was it was crazy. Bill self dropped to his knees when the shot missed. It was wide right. Crazy, crazy moment. Oh, Steph. dude, I'm so ready for this tournament. I'm gonna have to watch oh, this. Ready. Highlights. That that layup, Steph did. His shot was so pure, but that layup against Wisconsin, he was on the left side jumping, and he spun 360, and his whole body was behind the backboard, and he still laid it up and off the glass and in. That's was like this dude. How, who, was there anyone in the country rooting against him? I no. was a KU fan, and I was like, you know, if we lose, I'm gonna be cool because I love this kid. Crazy, uh, great, is. great, yep. great one, beat. I just wanted more every game. I always wanted their games to go to OT just so I could get like the juiciest, most amount of basketball possible and see something crazy. <laughs> like right. everything's cooler if it happens in overtime. Oh, for sure. That's just how it goes. Y'all got anything else? I'm ready. I'm ready. Now we didn't even mention Kimba. I mean, that's obviously up there. Kind of uh, that would be basic to bring to the table, I would say. But yeah, all these great ones when I brought up freaking TJ Sorrentine. Jesus, no, <laughs> none of the listeners probably even know who that is. I brought up Ali Farouk Manesh. <laughs> we although sadly the listeners that. probably do know. That. Yeah, they all they all know. <laughs> probably all turning this off now. Exactly. They all turned it off ten minutes ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> listening at this point i could say whatever i want about yeah uh, it turned off when i mentally turned off which is right uh, said that man's name. <laughs> all right that's all we got gerb thanks for coming on again you got anything yes. to plug man the twitter handle nothing to plug man just a pleasure to be on love talking uh talking it up with you boys always happy to come on and talk my favorite subject man just, that's hoops What's what's more, what's a Rothstein's thing? Uh, say positive, test lie. negative. Say positive, test negative. But some some people what some people watch movies, some people have hobbies. I watch college basketball. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's me, man. That's Love me. it. Love it. I can't wait for this big show this weekend. It's finally back. Y'all know the drill. Drop that five star rating, leave a review, tell your friends, and we'll be back next week. Peace.